salutations, peace, and blessings. You are listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am the host, the Commish, and I just finished watching the game between the Buccaneers and the Bears. This is the kickoff of week five. We're into week five already, ladies and gentlemen. The time goes fast. Before long, we're going to be talking playoffs for sure. But this game just came to an end. Buccaneers losing a close one to the Chicago Bears at home. And I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm a betting man. I, I don't stress it much on this podcast. But there are times where I do put in a few bucks, we'll just say, on particular games. If I feel as though the spread may not be uh realistic and you know i it's not to take away from tampa bay being favored against the chicago bears in chicago considering we're talking about tom brady being hot after winning three straight games however looking at what chicago's been doing and, and how they've been playing football as of the last few weeks they have been playing extraordinary football and that's in large part due to the defense that is highly ranked within the top 10 thus far. They found a way to put pressure on Tom Brady. And I believe they applied three sacks uh, for the game. And it was a very good game. I, I, considering where both teams are right now, where they started off a bit rough and, and now they've kind of found their own elements. Uh, it's good to see that even for Chicago and the way that Chicago's been playing as of lately, um, last season wasn't their best season. However, they found a way to make the arrangements, make the changes. Um, and now they have Nick Foles starting at quarterback. And it's a world of difference when you look at what he does with this team as opposed to what Mitchell Trubisky did with the team. And it's not taking away anything away from Trubisky. I think that Trubisky is a good quarterback. But as we've seen, and I'll talk on this uh, for the next few minutes, what we see now with a lot of quarterbacks, there are a lot of quarterbacks that are still underdeveloped. What I mean by underdeveloped is that they are talented quarterbacks coming out of their respective colleges, going into the NFL, and they have the highest uh, regard for becoming outstanding quarterbacks in the league, given that there are coaches that are able to coach these quarterbacks, to mold them into better quarterbacks. And considering where Mitchell Trubisky was in 2017 in that draft, the Chicago Bears moved up a number of spots. I can't re- I can't recall how many, might have been 10? They moved up 10 spots to the second overall pick in getting Mitchell Trubisky. And whether they bet the farm on this man or not, they really took a gamble on him and and what they thought was going to be their future. Never mind the fact that they passed up on Deshaun Watson. Never mind that they passed up on the Hall of Famer to be in Patrick Mahomes. They took a shot. They, They practically bet the farm on Mitchell Trubisky. And because they decided to do so, uh, we saw a team that regressed with every season that passed since he started. And this is where I want to start the podcast. I mean, I've already introduced myself, obviously, 
And I've already told you that the Bears have won 20 to 19 in a very good game. But I want to talk about the expectations of quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, never mind the veterans. I mean, we know where Russell Wilson stands. We know where Tom Brady stands. We know where Aaron Rodgers stands. We know where Phil Rivers stands. So, you know, none of that should shock anybody or surprise anyone in the level of progress that they manage out there on the field. It's more so these young quarterbacks that are trying to find their way in the NFL. And for those that don't know, it was brought to everyone's attention within the last 24 hours that the Washington football team has decided to bench their starting quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, for Ryan Allen. Ryan Allen, for those that don't know, was a backup to Cam Newton in Carolina last season when Carolina when when Carolina lost Cam Newton for the season, basically. Due to injury, Ryan Allen stepped in and played a fairly good season of football. And because he played a good season of football, Carolina had made the decision that they weren't going to keep him and were willing to trade Ryan Allen to Washington's football team, considering that Coach Ron Rivera was the person responsible for handpicking this guy in the draft. So with all that being said, Ryan Allen now becomes the starting quarterback going into the next quarter of football. And I guess if you're a fan, as I am, of the Washington football team, this is something that we've seen many times before. Now, I don't know how many people out there are listening to this podcast, and I hope there's plenty of people out there that are listening, but for those that may be Washington or dare I say Washington Redskin fans going back some ways, we have seen our share of first round quarterbacks come and go. And what I mean by come and go is that they are highly recognized, highly notarized going into the draft, and then they're selected of which they play and they start on this team of which for some reason by fate they do not last any more than say four seasons and it may shock a number of people out there and there's probably people out there that are quick to talk about washington's team because we know that washington's team has been the doormat of this division for years and it's, it's one of the reasons why I stick with this team, because outside of me rooting for the underdog, I knew what kind of team the Washington football team was decades ago when I was young. To the point now when we watch Washington's football team, you can see that there is an imbalance between the play calling and what the quarterback can execute. And for Dwayne Haskins, it's got to be the most grueling, the most difficult, most disappointing time of his career because, A, he comes into a season where there's no preseason for anybody. So he's basically starting fresh. He's starting from scratch, and he's trying to find what works for him in just routine practice. Practice does not involve a lot of hits. 
practice may not involve a lot of reps. So practice could be as soft as what could be just walk walk arounds. And because you don't take on the grueling uh, physicality of, of preseason and exhibition games, in defense of Dwayne Haskins, you really don't know what expectations can come to you when you're in a position where you have the opportunity to flourish. You have an opportunity to do something out there, to progress. And, you know, it's, it's not necessarily his fault. However, for the last four weeks of the NFL season, especially within the NFC East, it has been a dumpster fire by all means, by all standards. When you think about how Dallas has played, Philly has played, the Giants have played. And now looking at what Washington has done, it just, it burns you if you've been a fan for so long to see any of those teams play and play so poorly. And so for Washington in the position that they're in right now, they've made the decision, as hard as it probably was, to bench Dwayne Haskins because he is just not good enough to perhaps manage this team down the road to a shot of winning the division. And the division is wide open. It is wide open by leaps and bounds. First place, Philly, is 1-2-1. One, and one. And then you've got Dallas and Washington with a, with a win each. And, of course, the Giants bringing up the rear winless. But the point is that this is a division for Washington to take claim. And if you are... Ron Rivera, you are placed in the position where you have to do what's best for the team. So if you are a fan of, dare I say, Dwayne Haskins, you're up in arms because you just can't understand why he would pull the plug on him now. Well, listen, there is no level of comfort behind the success that he's shown within the last four weeks. He had a fairly decent game against Philly, but most of that stemmed from the defense, right? Defense had, what, eight sacks that game against Philly? But since then, he played against Arizona and looked abysmal. He played against uh, Cleveland and looked more abysmal with three interceptions. So now you look at what he did with the Ravens, and he had a decent day with 314 yards passing, but he had no touchdowns. If you're going to win a game of any sort, especially in the NFL, guess what you're going to need? Touchdowns. You cannot win a game if you cannot pass for touchdowns. And the problem here is that for Dwayne Haskins, he has yet to develop into a position where he has the confidence to be able to air the ball out to his receivers to give them a chance to score. I think a lot of it may be footwork. A lot of it could be panicking, the pressure being placed on him. That offensive line is horrible by any standards whatsoever when you talk about horrible. And this is the problem that I have with Washington's football team because knowing what I know about Washington, if there's one huge loophole here, is that their offensive line is never good. You think about all the teams within the last few years, whether they won a Super Bowl 
or just made into the playoffs. You look at what New Orleans has done. You look at what New England did when they had Tom Brady. You look at what Green Bay had done. You look at what Indianapolis has done. You look at what Houston had done when they were hot. You look at a lot of all these teams that at at some time in their structure, they were able to have a legitimate offensive line, which led to what? Longer runs, perhaps, from the running back and more time in the pocket for the quarterback to be able to create plays for for what Dwayne Haskins has been forced to do it's unfair to him however we don't have time to sit back and think of what's been unfair to him or anybody else on the squad they're one in three that's the bad news the good news is that everybody else in the division Outside of the Giants is one and three or one, two and one. So everybody's playing poor football. But now it's time for Washington to take the next step. And the next step was to, of course, bench Dwayne Haskins. So if, if you've watched Washington's football team in the past when they were the Redskins, you can recall a number of drafts where they drafted number one quarterbacks in the first round and 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 was not successful you can go back to when they won the super bowl back in 91 and and how they were able to win super bowls with undrafted free agent quarterbacks washed up dare i say quarterbacks that probably didn't have much of a chance with 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 any other team they come to play with washington and they're winning super bowls I mean, you think about where Doug Williams was leading up to his spot in Washington. He was there to back up Jay Schrader, for those that may remember. He wasn't there to start for that team. His role was to back up Jay Schrader. Jay Schrader gets hurt in, in, in I believe, the uh, NFC Championship game, I believe it was against the Giants, which Doug Williams takes over and, and wins the game, and they go to the Super Bowl against Denver, and he becomes MVP. But these are the situations where back then you had coaches that knew what it took to get a team like that to win. And you look at where we are right now with this Washington team, and there's nothing that can mimic anything remotely close to what Washington did back in the 80s and 90s. And this is not, you know, I, look at all the quarterbacks that they drafted in the first round since that Super Bowl win in 91. And, you know, my, my, my hat goes off to Heath Schuler from Tennessee back in 94. My hat goes off to Patrick Ramsey from Tulane back in 2002. My hat definitely goes off, goes out to Jason Campbell from Auburn back in 2005. And, you know... It's so unfortunate to see what happened to Robert Griffin III back in 2012 to where we are now in 2019 when they drafted Dwayne Haskins that you see the revolving door on how you have decent or great quarterbacks come in and then they all last for just a few seasons. It can't just be the quarterback. It can't, it can't just be Dwayne Haskins here that's struggling. And whether we decide to acknowledge that or not, the truth of the matter is this, no quarterback that you draft for the Washington team is going to be successful if you don't have a strong, thorough, 
offensive line in place to allow the quarterback time in the pocket and at least allow these guys in the backfield to run. We can't create holes. We can't move the ball, which means they have to pass the ball, which of course means that they can blitz if they want. They can corner blitz if they want. They can uh, uh, they can have one of those stall blitzes, idle blitzes, where the, 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 the linebacker waits before he finds it. And before long, this team is down 15 points, 17 points, which was the case against Baltimore. Now, whether they play from behind or not, the fact of the matter is, for whatever they put up against Baltimore, they probably came late. Because we've seen for the last four games how they played from behind at halftime to try to win and was not successful. So when you think about the fact that Dwayne Haskins was bench, I mean, it was it was clear when Rivera put it into words during the press conference that the balls got to go into the end zone or to be put in a position to be put in the end zone. This is Coach Rivera, and I'm quoting, thanks to the Washington Post. Shout out to the Washington Post. I love the Washington Post. He also goes on and says, it's something he's got to learn. If he's going to be a start in this league and contribute to the football games, he has to understand and develop. So whether the offensive line gets any better, which it should, it's still the fact that for what Dwayne Haskins needs to do to stay a quarterback or to be the starting quarterback on this squad, that he's going to have to develop a better game based on whatever it is that he can't do with that offensive line. He may not have a choice. So now what can you do to better yourself so that at least you have a shot at being a starting quarterback, be with that organization or another organization? Because the truth of the matter is, he'll be he'll be like all the other quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round since 1994. They'll play two or three seasons, and before long, they're gone. And that's what you don't want coming from a Dwayne Haskins. And, and I'm rooting for this brother. I like his style of play. I like the moxie he brings, his swag when he's in the in the pocket. I think he holds the ball a little too long, especially on third downs when it matters most. And that's what's really hurting him. But if he develops more confidence in the pocket, taking a five step back or seven step back to be able to release to his receivers, and if the receivers can commit to the pass, then maybe we've got something going on where Dwayne could become that franchise quarterback. Time will tell. But it's the reason why Washington is in the position to make the move because they realize this is still a division to win. And Coach Rivera is doing the best thing he can by moving Ryan Allen. I wish him the best. I truly do. You know, not being a homer, but I want to see this team flourish. I think they can do it. They have a defense that's sound, stout. It, it, it can shut down the run. They're doing fairly well against the pass, but they could be better. But this is a team that has the pieces in play to win. And right now they're struggling in large part because the offense is struggling. So says the commission. Uh, I want to get on the games for week five. And uh, I, I just want to uh, try to make note of the games that are going to be kicking off. I don't know if anybody has heard. I got to believe for most of you guys that are true football fans that you do know that there has been a change in the schedule yet again because they had found another, I believe, two 
Tennessee Titan players that have developed COVID-19 within the span of probably 48 hours. There are saving 72 hours, but it's become a huge problem in Tennessee. And because of that, they have moved the game from Sunday to Tuesday. And because they've moved the game from Sunday to Tuesday, it now opens the door of moving forward how other teams that may be affected by the coronavirus may have to do the same, depending on the severity of the virus to the team. And like I said last week about Tennessee, Tennessee has about half of their players recovering from the coronavirus. We don't know the severity. We don't know how far into it it goes, but still the point that these men have been exposed, however they were exposed. And because of that, it throws the schedule off a bit where now games are being played on Tuesday nights. So at the NFL, whether they've tried to do this or not, essentially have been taken over every week when it comes to to, to, the, to football. The football schedule is now taking over the entire week. Even with basketball that's wrapping up soon and, and hockey being done and baseball on the way out, the NFL has galvanized television and whatever sporting schedules there is to the point now where they'll be playing every day of the week. <laughs> Whether this was something they planned on doing or not, I, I don't. I don't personally think they did, but it's just a. It's just the point that because of this virus, it's just so hard to predict which teams are going to be playing at the scheduled time. Large part due to the number of people that have been affected by the virus. And for Tennessee Titans, I wish them all the best. But this is where we are right now, and I believe the same. The same applies to I think a few players from the Patriots, of which their game has been moved to Monday night. So with all that being said, I'm going to run off week five's schedule. Started with, of course, Tampa Bay and Chicago tonight, with Chicago Bears being victorious. Heck of a game from Nick Foles. I'm so happy for that man. He, he deserved to be in a better position where he is right now. Not that Chicago's in a bad position. 4-1 is nothing to sneeze at. But he was the quarterback that should have been in Philly. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Carolina at Atlanta. Carolina has found new light. The, 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 the defense, the offense, Teddy Bridgewater, they found new light. And let's face it, Atlanta couldn't win a football game if there was a handicap. I, I can't understand why Atlanta is doing so poorly, considering they still have Matt Ryan, and uh, you know they still have their key receivers. And they have Todd Gurley, who I thought was playing a pretty decent game the other night against Green Bay. But the truth of the matter is, Atlanta is really bad. And because they're really bad, even though they're playing at home, I like Carolina to win that game. Las Vegas at Kansas City. That's going to be a good division game, division rival game. Uh, you, We know what the Raiders are capable of doing, and we know what Kansas City has been doing for some time now. I like Kansas City to win. However, I like the fact that Las Vegas played a, I'm going to say Vegas played a good game against Buffalo. They couldn't help the fact that they couldn't 
beat Buffalo, but they kept it close. And I think if they play with that same moxie against the Kansas City Chiefs, I got to believe they'll keep this game close if they don't win a close one. They're going to keep this game close. I think the spread's 11 and a half, which I think is a knock on Las Vegas. But give me Kansas City in a close game against Las Vegas. Arizona at New York. This is what I'll say about Arizona. They're better than New York. Give me Arizona. Philadelphia at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh hasn't played in what feels like four weeks. And I think this team is well-rested to be able to play against a Philadelphia team that at this point is still struggling to find uh, ways to get their team better. They did win against San Fran on Sunday night. I don't know if they'll do it against Pittsburgh. So give me Pittsburgh against Philly. The Los Angeles Rams at Washington. Now, this is going to be the game to really keep an eye on because Ryan Allen's going to be starting in place of Dwayne Haskins. I think if he brings light to this offense, you can see them move the ball probably a lot more fluently than what Dwayne Haskins had an opportunity to do and didn't do. However, Los Angeles defense is what it is. It's got to be the top three defense in the league, by my standards, of course. Never mind what the stats say. That defense is fierce, and unfortunately for Washington, they're going to have to find a way to, to just pass the ball and avoid the pressure of Aaron Donald down the field, which they may not be able to do. Not this week for Washington. I like the Rams to win. Cincinnati at Baltimore. What can I say? Baltimore is hurt about the loss they took against Kansas City. And now they're taking it out on everybody (laughs) there is. Starting with Washington last week. And it'll happen again with Cincinnati this week. Give me Baltimore. Jacksonville at Houston. Houston has to play for their pride, period. They really do. They have to play for pride. This team was in the playoffs last year. They were one half of football way of going to the AFC Championship game. And now they're at the bottom of the barrel within the division playing against a Jacksonville team that has one win over them. Give me Houston against Jacksonville because they got to win. Miami at San Francisco. San San Francisco has yet to win in their home place this season. Can you believe that? Two and two. But they've lost their home games and won their away games, which is ironic. But I want San Fran to beat Miami because they got to at home. I mean, geez, what's what's it going to take? Indianapolis at Cleveland. That's going to be a good game. That's going to be a good game. Two, three, and one teams that are duking it out in Cleveland. And for what we saw with Cleveland against Dallas last week, I don't think they're going to put 49 points up against Indianapolis. And I don't think they have enough to beat Indianapolis. The running game is good. But Indianapolis defense is top five right now, I would have to think, by the commission standards, of course. Give me Indianapolis against Cleveland. The New York Giants against the Dallas Cowboys. If you can fight sleep long enough to watch the Giants play the Cowboys, (laughs) I know somebody's out there saying, who cares? But you still want to see which one of these teams are going to win. And if it came down to who I think should win this game, I'd have to say Dallas because they're at home. 
Give me Dallas. Minnesota at Seattle in the night game. Seattle's on fire. Say what you want. They're 4-0 for a reason. Give me Seattle in spite of what Minnesota's trying to do. Monday night, doubleheader. We've got Denver at New England. New England's got to make up for the loss they had last Monday, I believe it was, against the Chiefs. Give me New England against Denver. The Chargers. Go Chargers. Go against the New Orleans Saints. Chargers really need to bounce back. Justin Herbert's playing good football. They need to bounce back. But New Orleans understands what they need to do to win. Give me New Orleans at home on Monday night. And then the Tuesday night game between Buffalo at Tennessee. We'll have to see what happens with Tennessee. Unfortunately, since everybody's sick, I think by default, Buffalo's going to win that game. And that's your week five schedule. And, man, a lot of good football. But, you know, with the little time I have left, outside of what I like about football, I kind of like the vice presidential debate that was on this past week. I, I think that that was more managed, well managed, than the embarrassment that was a week ago with the presidential debate. Uh, for what Kamala Harris had to say and what Mike Pence had to say, naturally they would do what they had to do to best support their running mates. However, I, I don't like the fact that Mike Pence felt as though he can just dictate that uh, debate. I, I, I don't like when people like to try to di dictate to try to make a point. And I think he did a lot of that. However, I, I like to see how things are going to go. I wish I had more time to talk about that. But for those that don't know much about that debate, check it out when you can, if you can. I am the Commish, and you have been listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. Peace and love to all those out there. I'm out.